Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Let the rain fall down and watch my face. I've done this before. Have you? I think I've done this exact thing We're before. getting some April showers right now here we in are. September. Uh, and here's the problem is that I think I always talk about the weather on this show whenever it rains. And maybe that's just because mm-hmm. it doesn't rain that much here in the wastelands of Texas. Um, but I feel like that's pretty basic, huh? Like, who does that? I know. We know our listeners better than that. We don't have to make small talk. Okay, let's try it. Then let's do it. Let's do it again. Oh, boy. It, sh- the, it sure is hot today. Damn it. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to them like they're complete strangers and we're talking at like a business you conference. You could ask them about their Labor Day How is your Labor activities. Day activities? I hope non-eventful. <laughs> the alternative would be somewhat irresponsible. But mm-hmm. this is wonderful. It's a show where we talk about things that are good. Things that we like, things that we are into. And um, man, usually I have one like just in my ready holster, go. ready to pull out and just fire away. But um, you could talk about your new um, culinary uh, invention. The adventure which is I went on last night, putting peanut butter on everything. <laughs> yeah, I've been putting peanut butter on everything. We did. Rachel got hand, apple hand pies mm-hmm. and put a little bit of ice cream on it. The only ice cream we had was chocolate ice cream, which is not typically the flavor you blend with an apple pie experience. So true, I was like, as true. long as we're doing this, let's put some fucking peanut butter on there. <laughs> I introduced Griffin to putting a spoonful of peanut butter on ice cream. Yeah. And now it's, it's it's all I think about what he has to do day in day out. Again, mm-hmm. I feel like talking about putting peanut butter on things is, is up there with saying it sure is raining inside. <laughs> I promise we're going to get into some pretty heady shit here in just a second. Are some, we? Some heady controversial <laughs> materials. Uh, do you have a small wonder? Have I talked about putting ice in water? <laughs> Yikes. Is this really where we were at? Come on, give me give me that hard shit. Give me that confrontational, like say something that you wouldn't. People would be like, Wait, "Oh, you that think... Rachel Brand that you're used to." Yeah, something hard, like in there really and... get real and get like visceral. What won't she say? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd just be I'm like, not wearing my wedding ring right now. What the fuck? <laughs> I get what? in in these hot days. Oh, I, yeah. I get a little rashy under the ring, and sometimes I have to take it off. Oh man. Uh, some Vaseline on there just so the rash gets better. But that the that, the, the, the curse imbued so in guess, that ring. I guess my small wonder would be to put a lip balm on your finger. <laughs> wow. The curse that is put on wedding rings by the officiant at the ceremony is the only thing that keeps you honest. And this is I'm not just saying just for Rachel. This is the thing. If you if you've not been married, this is your thing that your married friends won't tell you is that the officiant puts a curse on the rings. And that's what that's what keeps the wedding so tight. You know what I mean? It's what keeps the marriage going. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I guess I should put it back on. You should, or else you're going to start aging rapidly like, at the end <laughs> of The Last Crusade. Uh, I think I go first this week. Okay. Uh, both of mine are fairly uh, lightweight. I feel like I've had, I've had some uh, lightweight ones. And what could be more lightweight than the uh, delicate, lovely arc of a Frisbee? flying through the air oh a frisbee is a miracle i love a frisbee this may come as a surprise that i'm choosing this topic to my to my wife it may be a surprise because i uh yeah am not one to actively seek out frisbee throwing opportunities that's true we we know some people who really like to quote sling the bee around yeah i'm I, I, that is not us as frequently i think i appreciate the frisbee aesthetically and i appreciate getting a good frisbee throw out there but i am not one to plan a day around rocking that scuba uh, <laughs> I've never played ultimate frisbee because it seems like oh, you've uh, never played. I've well, maybe once or twice, but like it is never. 
it's not my jam. It's not my speed. It's a lot of running. They don't tell you that about ultimate or freestyle. That is, it's just mostly you're just running around a lot. Uh, disc golf, I do appreciate a lot. I really like uh, throwing a frisbee and trying to do it hard and accurately. It's like when my favorite you, thing. When have you disc golfed? I've done it here in Austin a few times. Oh yeah, Austin has quite a few uh, disc golfing uh, spots for you to do it. Um, but I think I just appreciate the frisbee sort of conceptually. Like if you are going to an outdoor place, you can just grab a frisbee. Like there was a time where I just had a frisbee in my car, so that if I went to the park with my friends or whatever, we would just. As long as I knew I had a frisbee on hand, I knew that we had some sort of outdoor activity to take part in, and uh-huh. that's very uh, reassuring and very satisfying to me. Um, it took me a very long time to learn how to throw frisbee. It's all about the release time, man. It's so all about many people, time. so many people don't release at the right time. No, uh, and it also is the type of thing where, like, if I go a few months without throwing a frisbee. Next time I throw a frisbee, it's going to take me like a half hour to really dial in exactly how to yeah, throw a frisbee again. It gets again. awkward to figure out where to put your hand, you know? Yeah. Like um, what your technique's going to be. When I was a kid, we grew up uh, a few blocks away from Ritter Park, which is Huntington's big, nice park. Uh, and we would take the frisbee there and just throw that thing around for a very, very long time because uh, in the summer there was not a whole lot else to do when you were, you know, nine years old. Did you guys do some cool catches? I could do a few cool catches. I could never do a cool throw. Um, like the people who can sort of do it backhand or like sort of, you know, yeah, do a they spin. like snap their fingers. Yeah, or they yeah. jump in the air and they do like three somersaults <laughs> and they like run up the side of a tree a few steps and then like flip off a bird's nest. Which to be clear, you can do. I can do that, but then well, I can't throw a frisbee yeah. at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always really had a lot of fun just throwing frisbee. It made me realize that like the game of catch is a good game. <laughs> it's true. You don't think about that. You think about catch as being a sort of um, very, very basic activity that you do with a with ball and you throw ball and catch ball. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun when you do it from very far away with an, uh, an object that hovers as if by magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physics of frisbee is basically the same physics as an airplane in which lift... Uh, keeps this bad boy off the ground. There's higher pressure underneath it than there is above it, and so it whoop, goes up, or rather stays on the level. If it goes up, then it comes right back down. Ooh, that's fr- oh, I love frisbee. Well, when you throw frisbee and it goes straight up and then it comes right back down at you, oh, you stinker. <laughs> he can be kind of a rascal, frisbee can, can he? Uh, frisbee is, of course, a, a registered trademark. It's like Kleenex. Frisbee yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. it's used colloquially, but it is a, the, the name of a, a, a product. Um, and the history of the Frisbee is, uh, has some, some fun facts in there that I was not aware of. Uh, so, I mean, people have been throwing discs for a very long time, uh, both from an Olympian aspect, uh, and as a just sort of recreational aspect, but as a toy, the Frisbee came about when Walter Frederick Morrison and his wife, Lucille, uh, were tossing around a cake pan on a beach. Uh, in 19, uh, I didn't write down the exact year. It was like the early, oh early 20th gosh. century. I love that idea of this couple being like, is this something? Is yeah. This, is this anything? Should we, should we tell people about this? It was the 1930s <laughs> when they were doing this. I, I know now because then World War II happened and Walter was in World War II and was a prisoner of war. Uh, but when he got back, he had Frisbees on the brain and he was like, <laughs> I got to do this thing. And he started designing like, 
a better design, a, a more sort of uh, uh, aerodynamic design for for this disc, and uh, started selling them at fairs uh, where they started to take off. And throughout its history, the Frisbee had a lot of different extremely fun names. Uh, the first was the Whirl Away, which I guess was named after a very famous racehorse uh, back in the 1950s. Uh, in 1955, uh, they were called flying saucers because UFOs started to be like a thing that was on the, the mind of, uh, every God fearing American. Uh, and then the name that he landed on that was going to be really, really just like what took off was the Pluto platter rolls right off the tongue. The Pluto platter. It would have like little planetary designs all over it. It was very, very cute. But then uh, he sold the rights to Whammo in 1957. And Whammo was like, Pluto platter is nothing. Uh, the name Frisbee, it, Whammo changed the name to Frisbee like right away uh, because college students, unsurprisingly, were the uh, the target demographic for the Pluto platter. Uh, and it started <laughs> to really uh, find purchase in their uh, crunchy soil. And the Pluto platter... Uh, they the college students just called it the frisbee because they resembled pie platters from a pie manufacturer in Connecticut that like sold a lot. Apparently, it was like a thing at Yale uh, was uh, pies from the Frisbee Pie Company. Oh, so we're back to the pie. So we went right back All to pie. It brought us right back home. Uh, and you know, it was a, it was a big thing for college students, but the real reason that the Frisbee became a a big deal is because of how it was sort of positioned as an athletic sort of, uh, device. Uh, and a lot of that positioning came from the general manager of Whammo, uh, whose name was Ed Hedrick and Ed Hedrick wanted to popularize the Frisbee as like sports equipment. And so he participated in like developing standards for, golf uh, for for frisbee sports uh so like freestyle like he created the the organization that like was the sports organization for freestyle uh frisbee uh and also uh developed like the rules for disc golf um so like he is the reason that he took off he was this hugely influential figure for disc based sports uh and then uh he died in 2002 and after he died his request was to be cremated and his ashes turned into Whoa. discs that would be distributed amongst his family or auctioned off for charity oh. amongst disc golf enthusiasts. That's incredible. That's so amazing. That's so good. Who does that? That's such a rad, powerful thing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Except for like you know you're his grandson or whatever and you're just tossing around your grandpa disc (laughs) on the beach and then a crosswind catches it and takes it out to sea and you're like ah man well that's what he would have wanted that's what he wanted (laughs) ashes to ashes dust to dust to frisbee back to the ocean grandpa's stuck in a tree bye grandpa i love you grandpa anyway that's the frisbee i like a frisbee i feel like uh I feel like I would love to throw a Frisbee. I mean, I would love to do anything outdoors with a friend right now. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like a Frisbee would be a lot of a lot of fun. Not in this rain, though. Cats and dogs out there, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, you didn't even talk about dogs catching Frisbees. And I feel like that's a big benefit. Dogs catching Frisbees is very, very good. I didn't realize that, like, for events, like, you know, actual competitions with dogs, there is, like, a special type of Frisbee that they use that is that a bit sense. more pliable. So it's not yeah. as rough on the poor pupper's teeth. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. Got to think about the pupper's teeth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what's your first thing? Uh, my 
first topic is also kind of a kind of a light topic. It Fun. is a topic that I appreciate uh, a lot in the summer months, and that is the pineapple. Pineapple, yes. Not going to talk about the symbolism of the pineapple. Obviously, a pineapple, very cool looking fruit. I'm talking specifically about eating pineapple. Eating pineapple is really good. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing to do with a pineapple. I think. <laughs> yeah, not like scratch your back. No, I mean cutting it, cutting it up with a big sword feels cool. Uh, <laughs> making oh, you can do rings around the eyes, like, and you can say like, "I'm the fruit raccoon." Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, that can uh-huh. be really fun. Uh, smash it like a Gallagher. Oh. Man, I don't know if that would be as satisfying as a watermelon. I think there's a reason that Gallagher chose the watermelon. Oh, no, yeah. But like a big pineapple would probably be pretty good. Like a really big one? Like a really big one. Like a man-sized pineapple? Like a dude-sized pineapple, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, pineapple is super associated with Hawaii. Um, yeah, it's not where it's not, from, though. No, no. It's actually it's indigenous to South America. Um, since the 1820s, it has been commercially grown in greenhouses and many tropical plantations. Uh, the Spanish introduced the pineapple to Hawaii in the 18th century. Um, and this is where we get, um, Dole Food Company. But from what I understand, like that was sort of a weird sort of colonialist marketing mm-hmm. ploy mm-hmm. to like position Hawaii as the land of pineapples when that is not like their, not, not their original jam at all. Yeah, it's Hawaiian production started to decline in the 1970s uh, because of competition and the shift to refrigerated sea transport. And so Dole left uh, Honolulu in 1991. And in 2008, Del Monte terminated its pineapple growing. Um, so the the remaining Dole plantation on Oahu grew pineapples in the volume of 0.1% of the world's production. Yeah. So it's it's still associated. I mean, you you hear a lot about the the Hawaiian pizza, for example, right, with the that, pineapple. But, but it's, it's like not there. Th- yeah, it's no, a, it's it's a not. weird, bad sort of uh, deal. Yeah. Um, production of pineapple is led uh, by Costa Rica, the Philippines, Brazil, and Thailand. Keep it up. Y'all mm-hmm. are crushing it. Um, pineapple, I, it's just, it's just kind of the best, most reliable snack. A lot of times you get like a fruit and it's not, it's not right where you want it to be. Yep. But I feel like pineapple is always good. If I crack open the crisper and we have small fruits in there, usually for Henry, mm-hmm. if pineapple's in there, it's one, unfailingly, it is always the one I reach for. Mm-hmm. It, it may be pound for pound my favorite fruit. Whoa. I just like it a lot. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like artificial pineapple flavors in anything. I like a pineapple upside down cake. Here's the I thing, like... though: you don't like pineapple in a savory. No, God, no, no. But but nobody really does. I do. Ah, oh, man. You know what I used to get in college? I had a coworker at Sally Beauty Supply that turned me on to the idea of pineapple and artichoke pizza. Mm. I, man, incredible. Maybe I should give it. that a chance. I feel like I was spoiled on it because I don't enjoy pineapple and ham together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also don't enjoy a honey ham. I just, but I do love ham. And so whenever a sweetness was applied to ham, I feel like, oh man, you've ruined that good ham. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I know it's a lot of people's uh, jam, but it's not mm-hmm. my jam. Uh, pineapple also has high levels of vitamin C and uh, manganese. Um, a lot of those those things are associated with you know just good health generally. Um, if it also, I've read about pine- pineapple has like a melatonin. Oh. in it. So if you're getting ready for bed, pineapple's not a bad snack. What's the thing? Pe- pectin? No. What's the bromine? Th- bromine. Bromelain. 
man, this is so rough because there was that Breaking Bad. What was the Breaking Bad movie about Jesse that came out on Netflix? And there's like a flashback scene where he's talking about oh, pineapple. El Camino. Yeah, El Camino. But there, he's like talking about the good things that pineapple has in it. But he's saying it wrong. And now I'm actually unironically <laughs> doing that. I will also say we haven't talked about the pina colada. Uh, I, that's not true. We have talked about it during our uh, cruise show. No, uh, but I mean in this moment. In this exact moment. In this yes. moment associated with the pineapple. Yes. Um, it's just, it's just incredible. Good way to like just a tropical drink. Always, always a treat in yeah. the summertime. Yeah. Um, I, I love pineapple. I mean, do we want to talk about? <laughs> I couldn't find a way to research that aspect of pineapple. <laughs> it's not, I'll say this, probably not on brand for our show. Yeah. So the manganese is associated with male sexual health. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think they were talking specifically about the flavor it might add to your sexual yes, health. Yes. Um, and let's just, maybe we just walk away at that. Maybe we just, <laughs> maybe we just drop that in there. Oh, you plant that seed. All right. Let's just mind's eyes, ears. I have also heard this, this thing that you're referencing. Um, Everybody's heard it. And yeah. I do not, I cannot possibly comprehend who started it. I've never um, really play tested this. Nor as... I, nor I. I've never done a double blind <laughs> sort of study on it. <laughs> hey, we're not scientists. We're not scientists. No. 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 We just like pineapple. And that's, <laughs> and that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Man, pineapple and frisbee. Who are we? <laughs> Something has happened to us. Something has definitely happened. Um, and I'm all about it. Next thing, we're going to be talking about straw hats. Uh, uh, how did... No. That's not <laughs> uh, hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different <laughs> now? It's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Oh, we have Jumbotrons. We do. Um, do you want to read this first one? Sure. Uh, this message is for mom. It is from Mia. I bet a lot of moms got excited out there. Oh, Sorry, this shoot. one's from Mia. Hi, mom. I just wanted to say that enjoying the McElroy family of podcasts with you is my wonderful thing. It's been a hard year for a lot of reasons, but nothing has stopped you from being the strongest, most kick-ass mom on the planet. I can't wait to make even more goofs and desserts than usual with you now that I'm stuck in Texas. I love you. That is so nice. That is so nice. You could pick worse states to be stuck in. Isn't that right? We got Woo. barbecue. We got horses. <laughs> Hats. Big uh, boots, big, big, big hats. hats and boots. We boots. love big hats and boots. Did mm-hmm. I say barbecue? You did. Tacos, Horses, tacos. We oh yeah, we love them. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's a message for Savvy, and it's from Savvy. Hey Savvy, it's past you. I just want to say you are amazing and the coolest person I know. And that's all that Savvy says. And what I really like about what they've said here is that they didn't use all of the characters that they are allowed to use in the message. But Savvy was like. I know exactly what I want to say to Savvy. And it's true and powerful and strong. And I don't want to I don't want to waste I don't want to waste Savvy's time, uh-huh. by which I mean my time. Uh-huh. I'm just going to tell them what they need to know. Uh-huh. Love it. Love it. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And I was two. Butts, 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 butts. Can I do my second thing? Yes, please. I've realized now that I haven't sent you my second thing to listen to, but I think you've probably heard my second thing a bit. It is the French electronic new disco house duo called Justice. You know Justice? Oh, you introduced me to Justice. I had no awareness prior to Griffin McElroy. Justice is like an alternate universe Daft Punk uh, that just goes a little bit harder and is a little bit less theatrical about it. Um, they are, you know, a French electronic duo, much like Daft Punk, uh, that came about in the early aughts. Um, and they first hit the scene with their debut album in 2007 called Cross, which just shreds absolutely from front to back. Um, they never really had the huge, I would say like 
mainstream success of a Daft Punk, um, despite like their similarities but i feel like their music can very very easily hang with with daft punk's music apparently like i don't remember this because i i think came to them a little bit after they uh, debuted but they were kind of controversial because there was so much buzz around justice uh when they dropped this first album um because they came together in 2003 uh the the duo is gaspar i'm gonna say their names incorrectly i apologize gaspard uh auge or aug maybe, uh, and Xavier de Rosne. Uh, these two got together to submit songs to this concept album of electronic tracks that were meant to sound like they were Eurovision entries that this like group was wow. putting together. Yes, it's a very, very esoteric. Um, and uh, sort of launching off that, they started to do remixes of everyone. Uh, they were like known as a a duo that just did remixes of of a bunch of different groups, including Britney Spears, uh, Nerd, Fatboy Slim, Daft Punk, uh, Franz Ferdinand, like, was doing, like, pretty huge remixes, like, pretty popular remixes of all these songs before they released their first album in 2007. So when they released this album, like, they were kind of a household name among, like, people who liked electronic music. And the similarities to Daft Punk led to them being fairly, like, controversial because everybody wanted to compare them to Daft Punk. And Daft Punk uh, was, and to some extent, like, still remains this, like, deified group where like Beatles like right where like every single album they've ever made is this like uh, sort of very important canon and so for somebody to step to them uh, was kind of a kind of a big deal even though that was not really what Justice was actually doing Uh, but their music was a little bit harsher than Daft Punk's was not quite as like straightforward danceable there was a lot of sort of like heavy metal influence in a lot of the the stuff that they made uh there was a bit of horror influence in some of the music that they made uh and to sort of uh give an example of that I want to play Cross's uh opener the first track on Cross which I absolutely love which is called Genesis This song, like a lot of the songs on this album, is just this like wild fruit salad of samples and and genres. Uh, there's you know funk and disco and heavy metal and house music and uh, just just a lot of different things that they are the, a pretty huge palette that they're painting with. Um, and I think that's what spawned a lot of sort of the online arguments around them when they first came out because Daft Punk was doing a, a, a somewhat more sh- straightforward, uh, extremely good, like extremely skillful thing, but like not it, it, their, their music was a little bit more confrontational and a little bit sort of like rough around the edges. Yeah. I had no idea there was such a like uh, uproar. There was, but I mean, there was an uproar about f- fucking everything yeah. in 2007. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. It, it, it is, they're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall, but like even people who thought that their music was, you know, whatever, overproduced. Uh, I, I don't think anybody can deny that it's like super original uh, because each song on their albums, especially as, as time went on, they've released, I think, four studio albums, maybe three studio albums and a few uh, live uh, LPs. Um, they 
they touch on so many different things, right? So you get that, you get Genesis, which I just played, which has elements of like, you know, thriller to it, like danceable horror jams. Uh, but then you also get D-A-N-C-E, which is probably their most well-known yeah, hit because yeah. it's on like every Just Dance and every like <laughs> thing, uh, which I'm not going to play that one. I feel like everybody's heard it, right? Like, do the D-A-N-C-E, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, like that is another sort of brush that they paint with. They paint mm-hmm. with this like w- sort of disco inspired eighties hair metal sort of lightweight thing uh, on top of the like heavy sample wild uh, uh, house music that they do. So I want to play another track to kind of like give an example of like the other brush that they paint with uh, off of their 2011 album, which is called Audio Video Disco, uh, and the song is called New Lands. this realization while i was like listening to them preparing for this segment today that like uh it it kind of put a face on the exact type of music that i find fun to dance to like my exact the the type of music that i enjoy when i want something sort of upbeat uh at like a club which is not a place that i have been even before the pandemic started in a very very long time uh which is just like wild mashup-y sort of music that touches on the best parts of a lot of different genres. Like when I think back to, um, we used to go to this place called Club Echo every Friday night in Huntington when I was in college, literally every Friday night, every single week, uh, because the DJ, uh, this dude named Jesse would just like play a lot of different types of music and he would play a lot of Daft Punk and a lot of Justice and a lot of uh, LCD sound system and stuff like that where I and I realized n- only now that like I think I just like it when music is coming at you from a lot of different angles yeah. like coming at you with like a lot of different types of sounds and a lot of different genres and Justice is kind of like one of the grand masters of that I feel like do you do you like dancing I do enjoy dancing yeah, yeah. I mean it, in the right circumstance I don't enjoy it when people are looking at me like focusing on me like I never really enjoyed the dance circle at a wedding or whatever where like you would get in the middle and like be the star player or whatever yeah just like being with a bunch of people on a dance floor and like moving your your body to some good tunes I really like that I really liked it at Club Echo because it was very dark and so there was very little spotlight with you on if you. dancing was like a um, a side effect of alcohol consumption or if you just thought like, it helps. I want to go dance. It helps. It moves things in the right direction. But like when I was when I was like going out to, to you know, clubs in Huntington a lot, uh, it was it was definitely a piece of the puzzle. Right. It was just yeah. like it wasn't like I want to I got to I just got to <laughs> dance. It was like I want to go out and have a couple of drinks and like, you know dance with my friends it, it was yeah. it is a way of uh i mean we're talking about a completely different thing now but like and i'm not saying anything revolutionary but it's a way of sort of like weakening the societal barriers yeah. between people that are kind of like agreed upon in, in a way that like i was incapable of doing in virtually yeah. any other way 
Um, and just justice is such a like. I mean, I, obviously, you pointed out not all of the songs, but it's such a like a like a dance. It's an extremely dancey band. uh, And I don't know. It's funny to like wrap things up. There was so much, uh, you know, fervor around them when they first launched because of the comparisons to Daft Punk. And I feel like now 13 years after that first album came out, like I do put them in the very same sort of pantheon of every Justice album is sort of a, a, a canon that I think is really great. And uh, it's been a while since they put out, I think their last album was 2016. They had a live album between then and now. Uh, and as far as I know, there's like no plans for whatever the next album is. But, you know, Daft Punk also took however many years off before they did uh, Random Access Memories. Uh, so like, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I, I am wild about Justice. And if you've never listened to them, but you enjoy a, a Daft Punk, like you... Uh, you should start listening to them right away because they're fantastic. Um, hey, what's your second thing? Uh, my second thing I'm, I'm worried is going to empower you a little bit. All right. <laughs> um, I like when people are good at impressions, impersonations. <laughs> Babe. I, let's see how far I can go. How long I can go without actually doing one. I was thinking of this last night, and I was thinking about asking you what you thought your best impression was. Hmm. But then I thought I would save it for right now. Oh, interesting. When we're talking. You don't have to do it. No. Uh, in fact, I might encourage you not to. No. Um, I'm just wondering. I think of you as somebody that's pretty good. I think it's I think it's partially because you commit, but I also did a little research on like why some people are better at it than others, um, and I'm just curious. God, I, it's one of those things where like if you ask me to tell a joke, mm-hmm. my mind immediately purges all jokes mm-hmm. from the memory banks. So I like I your Michael Caine, for example. Yeah, but Michael Caine is also one that I think a lot of people think they can do. <laughs> it's like a Christopher Walken, but then like when I try to do it, like it doesn't come out. I know. Good. I don't want to put you on the spot. That's not what this is about. I used to read Henry books in the voice of Michael Caine. Uh, <laughs> there was one Peep and Egg Halloween book oh, that I would try and read yeah. to him entirely I'm in the voice of Michael Caine. I'm not trick-or-treating. And I would try and do it all in the voice of Michael Caine. Uh, and it was very satisfying. I'm not going to do it, but mm-hmm. just trust that it sounds so good and funny. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of, of people, I mean, a large number of uh, former Saturday Night Live cast members. Of course. It used to be a thing, for sure. If you were going to be on the show, you had to come with impressions. Um, it was interesting because when I was trying to research this, I kept researching like what makes a good impression, and I kept getting like, how to make a good first impression. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I need... I need different search terms. So I looked up like mimicry and impersonation, uh, which led me to a lot of research on Elvis Presley impersonators. Um, This is what I thought was interesting. In 2019, there were 84,000 Elvis Presley impersonators, according to the IRS, which makes me wonder, are people writing that on their taxes? Wow. I mean, somebody's got to be writing it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just fascinated by that. I don't think the occupation codes on tax forms goes quite so granular <laughs> well i think you can write in i imagine that's what's right happening. but there's like occupation codes right so it's like mm-hmm. live entertainer or whatever mm-hmm. but i don't think one of them is like i pretend to be elvis oh that's o eight h three one um kind of the old school impressionist uh rich little this is like this is somebody who kind of made his mark impersonating richard nixon which gives okay. you a sense of the time period still alive by oh, the way wow. yeah. as of this recording nixon 
No, <laughs> Rich Little. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, more modern uh, people like Jimmy Fallon, Bill Hader. Um, when we were kind of watching Saturday Night Live, like Dana Carvey, Daryl Hammond, you know, a lot of people, if they could do the president, they they had a a reliable spot in the weekly show. Right. Um, but uh, this is not something I've ever... This is not something I've ever thought I was particularly good at. And so I kind of wanted to figure out, like, what is it that makes you good at it? Mm -hmm. Um, There are researchers at the University of California, Riverside, uh, who said that people that have uh, more musically minded strengths are more likely to to pick it up. Um, If you're able to carry a tune and tune into the sounds and rhythms of music, it's not dissimilar from being able to pick up intonations of language. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah, which I thought was interesting too. I mean, it makes sense. You know how people can like hear a song and sometimes replicate it on an instrument or kind of pick out the notes when they hear something. Um, I feel like, and the research supports it, that those people are more likely to be good at impressions. I think I'm trying to remember. Uh, yes. Okay. Ariana Grande, I think, uh, does like wild impressions of oh, other yeah. singers. Like can it can imitate other singers and their voices. I, yeah. I feel like that is like a genre of it. She's obviously not the only person that can do it. Like there are a lot of singers out there who can recreate the singing performances of other singers yeah. and mm-hmm. i guess that that the, those two skills are like not dissimilar yeah it makes sense you know what's interesting is that i read a lot too about people's ear for foreign language and how you know it gets worse as you get older because you yeah. get more entrenched in your existing language like your native language um and i always thought i was pretty good at foreign language but i you know can't can't do a a good like bill clinton impression no, I feel like you don't commit to your impressions. That's part of it too, right? I don't have the confidence in my performance. Um, I was looking to, there was uh, research by the University of London in the Journal of Cognitive Neuroscience that looked specifically at people's brains while they were doing impressions. Um, so they gave people like a list of celebrities and asked them to commit to 40 different people. Uh, and then they looked at them in an MRI scanner. Uh, and what they found is that the, the part of your brain that is associated with, um, you know, just speech in general is the same part of your brain that lights up when you do an impression. Hmm. So it's not like you're using different skills, uh, which I think is interesting because sometimes if I'm sitting down to like try and do somebody's voice, like I feel like I'm like trying to summon some part of my brain that I don't normally. And then I just realize like, no, I'm. I'm pretty much using that's the just, same part. That's just panic. <laughs> that's just panic set again. Um, yeah, so the areas associated with planning and producing speech are the same that lit up in the MRI when they were trying to do their impressions. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't I it's like it's always something I've really I've really kind of delighted in. Um and I it's I can't I'm I'm not building it over the years well i mean you should you should you should put in the work you know i know i know like you have <laughs> like i have <laughs> you know when i was doing ground lengths 
with mm-hmm. under Fred Armisen, and just That's like why working on it. Your Borat has only gotten My better. Borat with time. is yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty incredible. I read a lot of research too that people that have this instinct to mirror speech in other people, it's like a like an empathetic and like social response. You know, if you're talking to somebody that has an accent, yeah, it's like sometimes you'll have that instinct to try and replicate it, yeah, and it's just a way of like social mirroring. There was a lot of like research that suggests that people that have that instinct to do that are actually doing it from a empathetic place that's so cool mm-hmm. um hey can i tell you what our friends at home are talking about yes i went that whole segment by the way without just like busting like a yeah like a yeah baby i know well i feel like i set the terms up front like don't don't griffin don't feel don't feel inclined i appreciate to- it <laughs> uh therese says my wonderful thing this week is the game spirit fairer on the switch it's like stardew valley meets studio ghibli and it's so calming uh relaxing and satisfying a main feature is hugging your friends to improve their mood it's such a lovely game i started playing this i wanted to uh, also highlight it because it's really sweet you play the uh you replace Ch- charon the the ferryman across the river sticks from like you know greek lore uh and you like it's you like build a little boat for these spirits to live on as you Aww, shepherd them from so one nice. thing to another it's really genuinely a very sweet game uh julia says my wonderful thing is when you get your email inbox down from over 1000 unread emails to none seeing my inbox full of stuff i uh, actually care about fills me with such deep contentment and makes me happy during subsequent visits oh my gosh that must I, be nice i am a very active deleter oh yeah uh and you know now that we are in the zoom age where people are sharing their screens all the time in meetings like somebody's inbox will pop up and i'm like no god like you have thousands like for me if i see something i know i'm not gonna read i just delete it yeah i've gotten some shit before i remember You're i've done some not like very good at email i'm not good at anything <laughs> oh that's not true i just well I, it, and it's the type of thing that i become so inoculated to that i just like went to my home screen on my phone and it's i have 314 text messages that i guess i just haven't read well, sometimes if the notification pops up, it doesn't count as red. That's true. It's possible you just saw okay and never opened the text. Yeah, a lot of them are from like, let's see. Um, a lot of them political? Uh, no, most of them are like, Pizza Day has a new extra large deal with free wings. You gotta unsubscribe, dude. Come get your haircut appointment for your child. Simplify your life, Griffin. I guess that's true. Um, hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah, thank you, Maximum Fun. Uh, there are a lot of great shows on the network that I listen to all the time. Uh, let's recommend The Flophouse. Yes, here we go. You should listen to the flop house. Yeah. Now it's now the recommendation is done. <laughs> uh, and that's it. Rachel has to literally hop onto another call in like 35 seconds. Yeah. So uh, I'm a working woman, a working woman and uh, not me. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> go play some bocce ball with the, with the boys <laughs> over at the club, the bocce club. What has happened to you? I don't know. I think it's this rain. <laughs> it just gets me so silly. <laughs>
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.